You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Austin, so I'll be hosting the show. And as always, my co-host is Joe Pritchard out there in Wisconsin. How are things going out there, Joe? It's starting to get cold. The end times are upon us. <laughs> All right. Let's not get on the subject of the weather. This is no longer to consider small talk. Let's get on to the subject of Canadian football. Uh, we're a bit far into the following week where we can kind of still see last week's games in the rearview mirror a bit. So we're going to touch on those games in just a moment. First, I just wanted to give a shout out, like many people have. Rest in peace, Angelo Mosca, former CFL great, in his long-since-adopted hometown of Hamilton, for whom he played for many years. He, he still holds the record for most great Cup appearances, although one of those was with the old Ottawa Riders, right? Um, he's a member of the CFL 100 team. He's recognized as one of the all-time great defensive linemen. Also known as a great professional wrestling heel in the days of the burgeoning WWF, now WWE, professional wrestling, really was a cross-border superstar in both football and wrestling. My own podcast at sportshistorynetwork.com, truly the goat. I did actually a two-part episode on Angelo Bosco as one of the all-time great heels into sport. I just wanted to read the paragraph from, I guess, the obituary that they ran over at the official website, CFL.ca, which was this. Savvy, smart, and ahead of his time, uh, Angela Mosca built his bad guy persona into a personal brand that was bigger than life. Unloved in some markets where he was the villain, his stature was unmatched in Hamilton, where he was a hero. And when he traded his shoulder pads for wrestling tights, he enthralled Moscow fans in countries near and far. It really summarizes the two-sport goat, Angela Moscow. All right. Um, like I said, I'm not really going to talk too much of last week's games. But I did want to talk about one thing with Joe. Of course, listeners of the show know that Joe's favorite team is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Probably favorite team in any sport. Say, I would say. Okay. And my own favorite CFL team is the Montreal Reds. We always have a enjoyable time when the two teams meet in the CFL on the show. Uh, last week, pretty interesting game between the two. Again, I'm not going to be too deep because basically I just have one question for Joe. Uh, actually, I had two spots. Firstly, true or false, the Alouettes probably could have won this game and maybe should have, especially at the point when Winnipeg got called for offsides late in the fourth quarter. No? No, I don't think so. Ooh, tough room. Tough room. Talk about the specifics in just a minute. But, okay, now, second, let's, th- let's talk some Alouettes football. Now, Far be it for me to second-guess Kari Jones. Okay. But 
It's third down and three, right? What's the problem with just running Stan back who's getting six and a half yards per carry? And even if you take out his bigger, his biggest carry, you still get 4.1 per. Is it just that it's too predictable? Why is not Stan back running with Joe? Why is he not getting the ball in that situation? I think you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what the Bombers were looking for. Like, why wouldn't they? Are you at that point? You're just they were asking, hoping for a pass. <laughs> is the thing probably, but at that point, you're it's a chess match, and at that point, you're turning it from a chess match to okay, is your offensive line stronger than Winnipeg's defensive line? I don't think there's many offensive lines in this league or any that's going to be able to handle them. Uh, that the Winnipeg defensive line uh, on a consistent basis, and especially when they know what's coming. So that's why you have to do something else other than the first thing that they think of. Now, it didn't work. I'm not going to, I'm not going to second guess the play call. Though. I don't know. At that point. Yeah. You talk about how it's a chess match. Okay. But the thing that I think people love about football, I know it's the thing I love about football is that it's unique in being this combination of being both very physical and very mental. Okay? Now, the thing is, I think sometimes, maybe, if you've got a stud like this, you should just plow it through. Yeah, they know it's going to be him, but that still might be a better shot than putting it in the hands of this quarterback in the fourth quarter. I mean... Doesn't sometimes just physicality win out? Can't sometimes a guy like Stanback get the three yards, even if they're keyed on him? Sure, but that's a big, big ask when you've got what Winnipeg has in the front seven. That's true. Uh, keying on you specifically yeah. in that situation. That's true. I just. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't have done it. He's the best playmaker on the field mm-hmm. at that point in the game, right? So it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe I like basketball too much. I want him to take the shot, you know. But right. But in that I situation, just... you should be able to run a four-yard pattern and get a first down, especially <laughs> when the defense has to honor stand back. Okay. Well, I guess that goes back to why you answered the first question. So I'm bad at that you should be able to do that. You should, theoretically, but not realistically in this situation with the Alouette. Okay. Um, as I was saying to Joe before the game, I kind of thought last week's games were the three playoff teams against three non-playoff teams. So not too much to talk about there. I did want to give a shout-out, kudos to Brandon Banks, for example. They made a very big deal. This was his first touchdown catch in uh, almost two calendar years, I believe. That was 10 days short of two calendar years, and it was a beauty. It was a nice. Uh, no exaggeration. That was literally the best play I've seen the die cats run this year. Literally. It was just sweet. It was just a perfect little teardrop in the end zone. Perfect, perfect pass. It looked like Brandon Banks of what, 2018 or so? Uh, just really nice. So so kudos to him. Uh, thanks 
to Hamilton for winning and dragging Montreal into the playoffs officially. Uh, let's see, what else do I have here? <laughs> I, I, I got to give kudos for the unintentional comedy from Edmonton for getting the 13-man penalty uh, after on, and then an inevitably failed onset kick. That was good for amusement value. And I got to say, how about it? We had a bonafide no-lead safe game, I guess. I mean, if you believe that the Red Flags 14-point lead is a legitimate no-lead to safe lead. Um, so, but we did have kind of a comeback. Uh, it was nice to see Toronto get it together. It was nice to see them going to the more underused players. The uh, insane missed field goal attempt by Ward was a lot of fun. That was, it was fun to see those guys dribble the ball back and forth to each other. That was a nice play, but nothing too unpredictable and setting the table for the second to last week of games. Crazy. Um, and the playoff scenarios. Joe, hit us with the playoff scenarios. What can and can't happen? It's mostly about teams moving up and down, right? Yep. At this point, we're looking for, we've got five of six teams in. So here's what we know. Winnipeg is hosting the West Final. That's been concrete for a couple weeks now. Toronto is in. Saskatchewan is in. Hamilton is in. And Montreal is in. What we don't know right now, besides Winnipeg, is the seating. There's a lot of different ways things can go right now. <laughs> I, I would say the sec- the most secure bet is Saskatchewan, unless something odd happens, is going to be number two in the West. Um, so this is the and that's and this is how they can accomplish that. Either Saskatchewan wins or ties, or Calgary loses or ties this week. Is Saskatchewan's hosting the Western Semi on November 28th at Mosaic. So basically, Saskatchewan magic numbers one. Right. So, like I said, something screwy would have to happen, especially considering Saskatchewan has Edmonton on their schedule. Right. So, um, and they do go to Hamilton next week. So that's a little bit more of a dicey proposition um, than Edmonton at home. But even if Calgary does beat BC this week, to clinch their own playoff berth, which would el- and eliminate BC in the same token, then Saskatchewan could still beat Edmonton at home and take second place. Okay. Now, right. if for some reason Calgary ties BC, that would still eliminate BC. They're out. And the Western Division standings would be set as far as the playoff teams wow. go in. That's um, so they so in the event of a tie between the two teams, Calgary's third, Saskatchewan second, Winnipeg's first, and that's without Saskatchewan having to do anything. But the more likely scenario here is Calgary beating BC most likely, uh, and then Saskatchewan clinching second place later later in later in the weekend. Um, so, so to go out east, well, so let's put it this way. BC is on life support right now. Uh, 
They're two games behind Calgary, but they could catch them uh, because BC had beat Calgary earlier. So if BC does pull off a victory against Calgary, now we're talking about we just seen mattering a whole bunch, and that breaks favorably for BC because they host Edmonton, and Edmonton will have will be playing their third game in like a week. So. Yeah. If they can't win that game, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. And then Calgary would have to deal with Winnipeg at home. So this is kind of the Calgary BC game this week is kind of like a Western quarterfinal, if you want to think of it mm. that way, or at least a pre quarterfinal. Because if BC wins, the next week is matters a whole bunch. If BC loses or ties, well, we know Calgary's in. They're likely third place. They're likely packing their bags for Saskatchewan uh, on uh, November 28th, and that's all there is to that. So if you're a fan of making Week 16 matter, you are putting on your BC Lions cap this weekend. <laughs> okay. All okay. Right. So let's go out east. A Toronto winner tie this week. Given they're playing Hamilton, it's yeah. a big game. Uh, they clinch first in the East and host the East final on December 5th. A Hamilton win, and Hamilton clinches at least second place, and then they move oh. into first place because they would have the tiebreaker over Toronto because Hamilton would have the point differential in the four games because they had to split the two games and then Hamilton would have the point differential over Toronto because Toronto's two wins over Hamilton are by a total of two points, I believe. So any Hamilton win, and they've got the tiebreaker over Toronto, they're sitting pretty for first place all of a sudden. And they host Saskatchewan, who most likely probably doesn't have anything to play for. Now, Toronto's got Edmonton in that whole screwy COVID reschedule game on November the 16th. Uh, So... And, but they Hamilton, get the first they, one, right? They get the first. Right? So. They get the first crack. So. Right. so they'll be able to put the pressure on Hamilton if that snare comes out. So it'll be a very interesting. It, this is an interesting week because he could either set out complete chaos in week 16 or it could turn off the lights completely. So <laughs> now on to your Montreal Alouettes. So when they lose to Winnipeg this next week, uh, that will clinch their third their third place in the east so montreal is obviously in the playoffs at this point given that ottawa also occupies the eastern division uh, but they're going to need to win out to move up in the standings at this point and then hope for breaks they need toronto to lose out they either toronto to lose out or hamilton to lose out uh, yeah and then they come to second yeah right because the only tiebreaker they win is with toronto uh, right. In a three-way tie, though, what happens with the tiebreaker? Is that all the teams against each other against one another? Right. Then it's a big combined mess, then, and then you get out. The uh, really, what you need to have happen to even talk about calculator time for Montreal is to win this week. Yep. If they, they don't do that, they're third place. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. 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 See, it's 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 Montreal is in that unfortunate position that some team always ends up in where they can't do anything. They can't do anything except win, right? Because they get a Western team 
and they get an eliminated team. So there's nothing they can do about, you know, controlling their own destiny in their division. Right. They've got to win and then they've got to start watching scoreboards yeah. to move up in the division. So yeah. even though um, he can only finish in second, probably. I don't know on that on that three-way tiebreaker. I'm still rooting for the scenario where all five teams that are still competing end up eight and six. That would be fun. That's it's 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 somewhat possible, but then Edmonton has to win a lot of games. <laughs> but we but rooting for maximum chaos is always fun. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah, maximum calculations. <laughs> Let's figure out these tiebreakers now. Uh, right. Okay. Now there can't possibly be anything else, right? No, we those have... are, those are, that's, this is what can happen in week, in week 15. Um, BC can stay alive or they can, or they can give Calgary the final playoff spot. So we know five of the six playoff spots. We know that there can't be a crossover. So really the only playoff spot left to determine is if BC can catch Calgary BC does have the opportunity to beat Calgary and own the tiebreaker, but then they're still scoreboard watching next week, assuming they win uh, next week too. So BC's got a long, got to have three things break their way. And one of them is, and two of them are in their control and one of them is in Winnipeg's control. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, <laughs> it's like you said before, they're on life support. They're only not eliminated by map only. I mean, they're the only team that we're still talking about with a losing record, not even like five other, a losing record, and their point differential is like minus 62. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not, not it's not good, but they're not dead. So <laughs> we can't, we yeah. can't bury them until they officially go. So, but, it, but it's like the old guy in the Monty Python thing, not dead yet. Shut up, you'll be dead in a minute. You know, it's that, it's that. BC is right. not dead it, yet. Most scenarios, yes, they're <laughs> done. So, unless you're rooting for maximum chaos or you're a BC Lions fan, uh, you could pretty much pencil in Calgary at Saskatchewan on November 28th for the right to go to Winnipeg and lose on December 5th. Okay. All right. Let's talk about manifesting some chaos because there's actually some pretty interesting games here. Anyway, possible. So let's talk some week 15 brass tags. So this first one, I'm just starting off puzzled. Uh, this game, Hamilton at Toronto, which is a pickup. Okay, which again, by the conventional wisdom, the sports books are implying that Hamilton is a field goal better than the Argonauts here. Pretty freaking wild, considering they're still behind them in standing. Now, this game is tomorrow. Why is this line like this? And don't you think Toronto's going to win here? Don't you think they're going to defend home turf? I'm skeptical. Really? I'll be honest. I'm skeptical. I don't think Toronto's played all that well lately. And I think Hamilton has. Ever since Toronto got out of uh, Tim Hortons Field with a win on Thanksgiving by a point. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have gotten blown out in Montreal, who are not bad. We'll go there. Uh, I'm not going to say that the greatest thing on the, the uh, greatest show on turf or anything, but they're not bad. And that was our blew... best game. That was yes. that was the best. And game. they 
blew the doors off. They got the their yeah. doors blown off. Yeah. Sure. yeah that's why that we own the tiebreak. Right. That's why we own the tiebreak. Right. That, that those things happen. It's a division game on the road. It'll happen. But then BC takes them to overtime in one of the in one of those games that uh, a sports writer will say, "Who want? Who actually wants to win this game?" And nobody wanted to win it. Yeah. So Toronto ended up getting it, but they they neither team really deserved it. How about that? Um, and that's BC, who we've just spent time mentioning that they're not good <laughs> yeah, we're shuffling dirt on them and then they need a epic comeback well epic in 2021 terms i guess it hasn't been the greatest of all seasons as far as excitement goes in the cfl <sighs> sorry i had to say it um no well but- i mean the thing is the heart attack factor decreased by about 300 percent since Vernon adams went down Pretty much. He was the mercurial guy, right? He was the one that could turn losses into wins and wins into losses, right? Right. So, I mean, more power to them for coming back on Ottawa, but they had to come back on Ottawa. Yep. So, I'm, they're not exactly riding a hot streak coming into Hamilton, um, or at least hosting Hamilton, which will help them. But Hamilton's played better as of late. Yeah. Uh, they had the bye with Toronto at the same time as Toronto in week 11. They handled their business with Ottawa, which is more than we could say Toronto did last week. <laughs> like Hamilton dominated, which is what they were supposed to do. Then they dominated Edmonton on the road. Then it was a little bit less of a domination last week. But the one thing I feel like Hamilton's got going for them is they don't give up a ton of points. Uh, you wipe off the first couple weeks off of the off of the uh, record because everybody took some their sweet time to get going this year. And they've been a tough out. They haven't been an easy team for anybody to beat. They've got, they've lost a few games by a point here and there, but they've been scoring in the twenties. They haven't been giving up, giving teams that many, um, all that many points. They might be, right now the second best team in this league so i've got hamilton going into this week yeah i was going to say about your about a point that you dropped in there about the only team that looked better in week one than now is saskatchewan Uh, almost almost well maybe edmonton but who can tell but the thing is you know you can always say uh one of the characteristics about this season is we've seen a few teams getting to run these gauntlets of non-playoff teams I mean, we felt, or at least I did, felt really good about BC after they smoked a bunch of non-playoff teams. Well, look, Joe, the last time uh, Hamilton faced anybody any good was Calgary in week 11, 39 to 10. You know, again, they got smoked. So they just better not be overconfident after this run because, you know, they haven't played anybody really good in a long while. No, they haven't, but Again, the schedule stacked t- toward the east, so it's yeah. nobody okay. out east. Nobody out east is really well. Really, nobody this year at all is establishing themselves as a dominant team, except for one. So, uh, well, I yeah. think Hamilton going forward has as good of chance as anybody, and I think they get the job done this week, put themselves into first place, and then they're 
not exactly somebody to look forward to playing. Three of the four teams have been in first place at some point this season. It's, it's tending to be a bit of a season of mini runs for these teams who whip off like two or three good games in a row. That's, that's the kind of year it's been in the East. Of course, in the West, you basically had one team on top of the table all year long, but Joe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So you're going to go, uh, you're going to go the tie cats. I'm going tie cats. Okay. I'll be the contrary and I'll take the Argos. Um, right. Okay. Also, ooh, part of a double header. Like that Friday double header. All right. Calgary. Now this, I don't get it. Calgary is just two point uh, favorites at BC. I guess they're thinking the kitchen sink game. Huh? BC's got, got bc has to win to stay alive right dollars to it i don't know i feel like i feel like calgary is is the team that's kind of on a run right now i mean they're not blowing doors off but they look better all the time um they had a buy last week but prior to that okay again taking care of business against ottawa right um yeah lost that close from the saskatchewan they're beating up on bc and they're beating up on Hamilton. So I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like Calgary. Uh, I kind of think they're they're on a run here, and I think they're gonna they're gonna put up with anything BC throws at them. I I kind of think they might make a statement. I think they, they kind of might blow out BC a little bit. <laughs> they could. Uh, BC is not playing well at all. Um, one in four at home this year. Yeah, you know, I like, I don't think BC's run goes any further than this. Uh, I yeah. think they had they had some momentum earlier this year, and that's been squashed, and it's been all downhill ever since. So I don't see it getting any better. I mean, Team Chaos wants BC to win, but I <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. No, 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 no. BC can lose, and I can still get my five teams at eight and six scenario. So I'll take them. Okay, so so yeah, I think Calgary wins. I think Calgary wins big. I, I again, I, I don't get this line. So somebody knows something that I don't. Um, here's another line that kind of baffles me. Winnipeg seven point favorites at Montreal. And the reason why this baffles me is because this line was at six and a half, and then the Winnipeg announced that they were going to be starting a guy in his first start this season <laughs> in this game. So they actually gained half a point based on that. I don't get that at all. Um, okay, go ahead. You've already preliminarily talked some trash about this game, Joe. Go ahead. Go. Well, Why are the Bombers going to win this game? I've been waiting all year. I've been thinking all year that Al's going to win. And the reason I threw the trash at you is completely because <laughs> the Bombers are starting Sean McGuire, who... As any listener to the show this season knows, I, I, I'm a little bit less than uh, completely unbiased about him because he is from the great state of Wisconsin. So <laughs> you pair up the place I live with the team I love the most and, well, put that guy as a starting quarterback and I kind of lose a little bit of my ability to, to be fair. How about that? Plus, it's your team, so it makes it even more fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I get my so, did he go to Wisconsin or did he go to school? Uh, Western Illinois. Uh, Western Illinois? Uh, FCS school. Yeah. Did pretty, they've done pretty decently of late, so. Yeah, they're kind of on the map. If you know, yep. if you go deep into college football, they're, 
you know them. Oh, right. Well, that's kind of cool. Okay, so, but honestly, so so you really think that? I mean, because here's Montreal, and really Montreal needs to win out. Uh, next week they do get Ottawa, so there's no there's no danger of them looking forward to that game. There's no danger of trapping. Really, Montreal can't play ball here. I mean, they could. It's just Winnipeg's a better team all around. But they are, but they're going to be starting. A, they're going to be benching a bunch of starters. I wouldn't even say a bunch. I mean, Andrew Harris has been out for a few weeks with injury. Who knows when he'll actually be healthy and back? Okay. They're not really. They're not really emptying the bench though. They're just. They made this change to get McGuire a little bit of playing experience, so that should the need come in the playoffs, he won't be completely rusty and only running that the short yardage package that he does so well. So it's it's just it's more of a let's get Sean some experience and most of the rest of the team is still out there. I just I don't see I don't see Montreal having the offensive capabilities to make the defense pay uh to make Winnipeg's defense pay. I mean nobody in this league has that right now. So I can very easily see the Winnipeg offense doing enough, doing enough. Um, the coaching staff calling the right plays to get McGuire into the game without exposing, you know, just his lack of experience, and seeing and seeing what they could do with his athleticism. We'll see how that how they call the plays for that too. I'm really looking forward to this because I want to see just on the just on the front of what the future could hold for Winnipeg because Zach Claros is exactly a spring chicken. So we might be looking at the next, the long-term start of the Winnipeg blue bombers. I'd like to see what he's got to bring to the table. <laughs> and that's even before I throw my cheese. Out. Or, you know, the next starting quarterback for what Edmonton. If, if anything, I would think Ottawa because yeah, Paul Apollius right. was the one that was coached him up last year. Uh, but I do think if we're going to start talking off season already for Ottawa, which we might as well, <laughs> I almost think that their general, that their general manager and even Paul Apollius need to make a bigger splash than that on the free agent market. Should it come to that? Yeah. I, I almost think that their outside circumstances may dictate that they try to go big, which could mean a guy like trevor harris as opposed to anybody else really i don't think they can settle for uncertainty at their quarterback position because that's all they've had for the last two two seasons well i'm still gonna take the owls i literally bet them this game i actually found a place that would take my bet so i actually bet them, uh to win straight up so I'm hoping you're wrong. I, I'm going to put my faith in Stan back. I guess um, the question that I had for you was, because I was kind of surprised. Aren't you kind of surprised that they're not doing the preseason thing? Where they're like, you know, Kolaris in the first half and then sub in everybody in the second half? I think you'll see that more in the last game of the season. Okay, yeah, because there's no You do way. need to keep them, you do, do need to keep the starters engaged. You can't right. just you can't just pull an Indianapolis Colts go like oh. thirteen and zero and then sit everybody for for three weeks and then expect them to turn turn it on after the bye. Just, that just that's clearly not something that works all that well usually. But yeah, you keep the starters engaged, and this is the game, the second of the three that are 
quote unquote meaningless. Although you can find meaning in any game as long as you got some <laughs> game tape on it. Um, but yeah, this is the game to to do this to check out, see what you have in the future. And then the next game is let's make sure the starters are fresh and ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, okay, I buy that because. I was just thinking, wow, because you can't keep Coleros and any other starters you want to rest up or heal up or whatever out this week, then out next week, then for a bye. <laughs> I mean, right. Sitting, sitting cold for three weeks isn't a great idea. Because you're going to be facing probably the stamps <laughs> at the end of it. So, and they're probably going to be a pretty good team that week. So. You might want to be up for that. Uh, okay, we're about to get out of here, but I, I just got to ask the one more question. Because we're gonna, we're just assuming that Edmonton's is just a sketch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. I mean, really, I at this point, what is there what is there to talk about for Edmonton at this yeah, point? Yeah, I should have. I, I, yeah, and that Calgary game may have already answered the question about Saskatchewan anyway, right? So right. That, that game, by all probability, is going to be meaningless and it's probably going to be a Saskatchewan blowout. I don't even think they're going to flex a muscle and get into that 11-point spread. But, okay, the one final question I had, this is kind of an obsession with me in general, but it's really an obsession this season, more and more each passing game. Can Adam Big Hill win the MOP? He could, but uh, I don't think he's going to even get the nomination. I think uh, I think it would be – I think Kalaros gets the nomination. Wow, really? Yeah, I think wow. so. Uh, yeah. Usually, Usually – Usually it's quarterback by default unless there's a reason not to. Well, how to. did Solomon Elevin look at that? Like, what was – I'm going to have to go back and look at that because I would like to know the scenario. Possibly quarterback quarterback injuries. Uh, are we talking 2014? Is that the year? Yeah, because I want to say that was the year that we saw Travis Rule play like one oh. game, and it was Kevin Glenn for the most oh, part. Oh, you may be right. Okay. Right, because if it was 2014 – Yep, where he won. It was 2014, where he won the most outstanding player. Um, it was, yeah, that was a year that um, it was Kevin Glenn signing in BC as a backup and then being the starter because of the Kevin Glenn curse. So, <laughs> right. right, Travis Thule right. was out the whole the whole season. I think he came back and played one rain swept game. I think it was a seven to five game, if I'm not mistaken, in Ottawa. Wow. This is the baby Red Blacks, the first year they were around. So it wasn't exactly a talent-laden team there. But that game, if I remember, was like a monsoon, and uh, Lule didn't wasn't able to continue past that game, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while, and I haven't really thought about thought about that season in quite some time. But that that seems to be my recollection is that it was yeah. Kevin Glenn, for the most part, in 2014 in BC, because because Lule was hurt, Lule came back hurt again, and that was that. I don't know. I just think it's a shame. I think this is a great opportunity. It, so many people have complained about how the offensive numbers are down, and I know that Winnipeg's have not been. But, I mean, it's like you just said. If you can't run, literally, one of – okay, probably, I, I, I would dare say that stand back is, is the best – non-quarterback skilled position quote-unquote player in the league this year i think he's he's one of the most unstoppable forces in the league for sure. nobody can shut this guy down but yet you were telling me that you can't run that because winnipeg can shut him down okay i think that just is a testament among many other statistical ones 
to just how friggin' awesome UPEC's defense has been. And, you know, Big Hill is the leader of that. It's just a shame. Big, Big Hill and or Willie Jefferson, uh, I'll, I'll accept either. This is the other thing, too, is that, yeah, that, that would be the argument. Well, Jefferson. Jackson Jeffcoat on the other side. The interior yeah. of the defensive line ain't bad either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a situation where a defensive player wins the Grey Cup MLP. That would be sweet. I would take that compromise. Yep, that's on the table. Yeah, that would be nice. Big Hill, like yeah. So it's Winnipeg versus who? Take your pick. Who, who would Probably. you like to see in the Grey Cup? Who would I like to see? Yeah, Montreal, <laughs> <laughs> Toronto. Oh, you're, you're a bad man. Well, <laughs> to be. Fair, they've played Toronto twice, yeah. Hamilton once, and Montreal once so far. Toronto's the only team that beat them. Yeah. So I yeah. really don't. I I think that was Toronto's best game in Winnipeg. Worst. Yeah. But yeah. I I am not exactly signing up for that. Hamilton, I really don't want to see because well, where's the game at and who's been playing well lately? Mm-hmm. So by default, that kind of leaves Montreal. So, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I guess as a CFL fan, I guess as a CFL fan, as really a CFL don't. fan, I'd rather you... not see. I'd bre- as a CFL fan, yeah. like taking off the bomber hat. Yep. I'd rather not. I, I don't really like it when a championship game that's supposed to be at a neutral site isn't. Okay. I've taken that loss before. Twenty eleven. Uh, been there, done that. Um, mind you, BC was a better team anyway, but still, I'd rather not see, especially a team that's not as good, get the home field advantage just because, hey, it's your turn. I don't like that idea at all. So I would much rather, honestly, as a, C- as a CFL fan, with looking out for the for what's best for the league, Either Montreal or Toronto, because Hamilton's been in it quite frequently in the past little bit here. Montreal would be great to have in the game. Toronto would be great to have in the game. Anybody but Hamilton, in my mind. But I think Hamilton's the team that's going to make it. For the pure narrative, I like, just to, just to put a period on this season, I like Toronto. Toronto-Winnipeg, right? Because, again, Toronto's the only team that beat him, right? Mm-hmm. Winnipeg gets the chance to get that back. Well, so let's think of it. Let me think of it in this in these terms. Then we talk, we talked what a week or two ago about where does Winnipeg rank as one of the greatest teams in yeah. CFL history? Yeah. Well, let's assume thirteen. You know, they go twelve and two, thirteen and one. Who knows how they end up here? Win their home playoff game. Then who's facing them in, at the end of the season? A team that's pretty good at home, pretty darn good at home a team that's playing pretty darn decently all of a sudden. And they kind of have a little bit of a revenge factor because Winnipeg knocked their socks off in 2019 to take the great cup from them when they were supposed to be the better team. Well, here's your chance, Winnipeg. Show show us that you're the greatest team in CFL history. Here, this is a great cup that's set up to not break well for you. So if you break through that wall, you're in the club. That's a good narrative, too. That's a good narrative, too, that... uh... Yeah, yeah, they get to, they they get we get a rematch. We get a rematch of the pre-COVID Great Cup. 
a rematch plus like what winnipeg versus hamilton part 10 in the gray cup or something like that yeah 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 the most common great cup matchup at least in the modern era true true all true well personally i'm hoping for montreal saskatchewan but that's a whole other story well, if you get that matchup, A, I'll be in the gutter, and B, <laughs> let's just hope they forget how to count again. And, and C, I hope I will have bet that, because the odds against that are already tremendous, I'm sure. And then whether I bet that game by game or just outcome. Right, okay. I'm going to wrap it up for the Rouge White Blue CFL podcast. I'm Austin Davis for my co-host Joe Richard. Enjoy the games, second to last week of the 2021 CFL season. Talk to you Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.